Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we have that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I'm your host, Amar. And before we get started, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out. And if you think this podcast has been giving you some value, hook your boy up with an awesome review. Now, I have a special guest today. I have my old school buddy, my old school brother, my old school friend. He's a serial entrepreneur. He owns Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club, running Moving Keys Realty, and just started his own hemp company, KenHiba.com. With that being said, my brother, my friend, Chris Lee. What is up, fam? Nothing much, brothers. Really good to see you. Really good to be here. I'm just so happy to see all the things you're doing and you're giving the world, you know, exactly what, you know, you're supposed to. I'm glad to see you here. I used your advice a couple of months ago, took it to a new level. So I'm just so happy that you're spreading this light that you have all over. Hey, thank you, bro. Well, you know, as our boy Biggie Small says, spread love. It's a Brooklyn way, right? <laughs> all day. It's the Brooklyn way. <laughs> So just a little background, Chris and I went to high school together. We graduated over 20 years ago. Shit, 99. We graduated. Bro, why'd you, why'd you have to say that? <laughs> we just exposed our age, baby. Graduated yeah. in 99. And then we both kind of went on separate paths. And we kind of just, just kind of brought us back together and just talked about entrepreneurship, life, mentorship. And here he is right now. And I'm so proud. And I reached out to Chris and I wanted him to come on this podcast because Chris, like many of us, didn't wasn't born with a silver spoon in you know in the platter. He was not. He was actually born in the projects in Brooklyn. He we didn't have spoons. We had forks to eat cereal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Chris. We we were born with plastic forks, and from there, Chris decided to just go on his own entrepreneur journey. And Chris, please just explain kind of who you are. And where your hands are right now, because you're pretty much got your hands in every type of pot out there. Yeah, man. Well, I definitely started, you know, the traditional way. I went to college. I went to UCF, the University of Central Florida. After I graduated, um, I graduated with you in Fort Hamilton. I took a year to work, you know, to get everything going. I actually went to Kingsborough, then I went to John Jay and realized I had a love for law. So I actually went and got my criminal justice bachelor's from the University of Central Florida. When Michael Jordan's son, Jeffrey Jordan, went down there. So it was a, you know, a, a definitely a, a really cool time. I got into selling sneakers. So I had like a real love. I know you probably remember in high school, I used to love sneakers. I had all the new okay. Jordans. So I basically, you know, so I started, um, I got a job on Wall Street after college as a, a paralegal and you know they were paying about 40 grand a year so I started moonlighting selling sneakers so I was doing an amazing job with that realized I really love sales I love interacting with people the grind I love you know trying new things so I started up a uh, a sneaker convention called Soulcon it was a huge sneaker convention. I got pretty popular, met up with some real, I met up with 50 Cent. He like, you know, co-signed me, gave me some tips on how to, you know, grow my brand and how to, you know, manifest things. So got really good at that. Then that got really competitive. Not that I don't like competition, but, you know, it just got a little, the, the game wasn't the same. So I 
try to get into something uh, something that I can sell that kind of doesn't go out of style. And even if the competition's heavy, it's still very, you know, profitable. So I got into real estate. My wife actually, like she was trying to get her real estate license, never got around to getting it. But I went ahead, tried it out, loved it and did really well for myself. So, you know, with all the time, you know, I decided to stop trading my time for money and started trading my money for time. And I decided that, you know, with all the money that I was having and I started to just teach other agents and I got my own brokerage, started teaching other agents, you know, how to do what I was doing, just duplicate what I'm doing. And I started to have a lot more time for myself because as they do well, I do well. So now I have all this time on my hands and I started creating things. So, you know, all these other businesses that you see me have are basically a result of me having all the free time. So that's, that's where that comes from. I can't stay, you know, I'm, I feel, still feel really young. So I, I, I want to try some things. I love trying new things. I don't have a problem failing. Failing to me is one of the steps of success. Like I think that is, goes hand in hand with success. Like failing, like if you don't ever fail, then be scared that if something's wrong. Like, you know, top yeah. deal. No, I always say it. failure is not the opposite of success. It's a part of success. That's kind of been my, like my, my new forte about it. It's just like, if you you're always good with, you're always good with words like that. You agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. put it in the words. <laughs> hey bro. Hey man, I've been doing this, doing this for a little bit, but the cool okay. thing that you said though, I love is what you're doing with your time, because as every, you know, I think what a lot of people think and a lot of entrepreneurs is like, I don't have the time because I know you more than anything. I mean, you're a hustler. You go out there. I mean, you, you wake up before everybody and you go to bed before, I mean, later than everybody, but you know, and it took you a while to get to this, but at some point you were working around the clock, right? Yes. man. And it was, it took a lot of, you know, a lot of me stress. I hated, you know, waking up every day at the same time and, you know, barely seeing my wife, barely seeing my kids. And, you know, I just got, you know, I had to do something about it. I took my own, my destiny in my own hands. And one day I just, I, my wife was like, what are you doing? I just quit, literally just quit my job. And she's like, so like, are you going crazy? Are we going to broke? Are we going to be destitute? Like, what's up? Like, what, like, what is your plan? And I was like, babe, if I could just, if I had this 40 hours to replace this little $1,500 a week that I'm getting, I'm sure I can do it. Like I now have eight hours to do it. And I just put it as a math equation. If I had 15 hours to, I mean, 40 hours to make $1,500, like, bro, I, 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 I got to break down to something like, like four books an hour or something like that. I could do that. So I started, you know, just uh, reading a lot, you know, becoming, uh, figuring out how to be a better you know, like salesperson, just working on myself. And instead of, like instead of working for money, I started manifesting it. I'm at, I'm, I started manifesting like what I wanted to see and write down the things that I wanted. And I, what I wanted was a super huge, successful, you know, business where I had a lot of time to spend with my children and real estate gave me that. It was a blessing. Real estate gave that to me. Real estate was able to allow me to see the world and to see my family more. So yeah, that's where I got it from, brother. I, 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 speaking of my, um, one of my businesses, so I love seeing the world. I love 
I didn't know I loved boating. You know, in my where I came from, a boat was like the biggest boat or the only boat I've ever been on was a Staten Island Ferry. Like so, <laughs> <laughs> like I rode that a few times and thought that was yachting. I'm like, oh, is this yachting? Well, this is cool. <laughs> so oh, I love uh, it. <laughs> so I went ahead and bought a boat and loved it and decided somebody asked me for a ride on the boat I rolled and I was like hey can I monetize this so I bought another one so I bought two boats and started managing a third so I created Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club and the whole idea was to create like a community on the water where the yacht club was you know a place to hang out a place to you know just I just love the luxury lifestyle. I always loved that as a kid. I saw, you know, the nice car going on a block. I was like that kid. I was, that's my car. That's my car. So, you know, luxury just felt so great with me. So when I got to the yacht, I just started to embrace the lifestyle. And a lot of my yacht buddies would bring me cigars. Like it was just a part of the lifestyle. Even if it wasn't healthy, I was just doing it because it was what you do when you're, when you have a yacht. So as I'm creating, you know, as I'm taking these tours, I started like feeling a little nauseous, you know, when I was smoking the cigars. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't really like tobacco very much. I know it's not healthy. So I decided to create, I always, I always loved marijuana, but in this time in my life, I'm too busy to actually be high. So I definitely couldn't smoke all the time. So I said, you know, I don't want to be the guy who's over at the boat smoking weed, smelling like weed. So I created my own cigar, which was a CBD. I knew CBD was like a lot healthier than than tobacco and a lot less psychoactive than, you know, traditional marijuana. So I put it together and I actually let my wife try it. And, you know, whatever the ladies like, you know, basically is a hit like with guys. So she loved it. She was like, babe, this is it. Like, this is amazing. So I started to put a little bit of, you know, time and my you know thoughts into it. I kind of gave it a little bit of my attention and it blew up. So Kanheba, I named it Kanheba, kind of, you know, played on words. You know, I know it's a little close to the Kohiba, but it's the cannabis Kohiba, if, you know, that makes sense to anyone out there. So it's a Delta 8 cigar. Delta 8 is a different cannabinoid than the traditional Delta 9 cigar that we smoke all the time. We smoke Delta 9 that, you know, makes you high and the cops are coming or, you know, someone's looking at me or someone's going to run. That's just the feeling you get when you smoke Delta 9. So when I tried Delta 8, I was like, wow, it gives you all the great properties that you want, the relaxation, the, you know, the anxiety comes down, but also it doesn't make you paranoid. So Cigar was a hit over the, like, it's really doing well right now. It's just getting to the first, you know, steps of, uh, you know, blowing up. I sold my first pallet, which a pallet is about 4,000 units. So I'm in about 10 states right now. And I'm loving it, man. It's, it's, it's a journey. We were talking a little bit before, and I just love the whole fact of, uh, I love the whole fact of starting things new, not, not being sure it's going to work or not. When things are not certain, it kind of makes me feel alive. I don't know why. I, I just, when things are just like, so I don't know if this is going to work and me having to force it to work like fourth quarter, like not knowing if you're going to win. That's when I feel like life really begins, you know? So if you see me trying a bunch of things out, you know, 
I'm just trying to stay alive, I guess. <laughs> like yeah, I'm just so this is it's it's amazing because you're right. Because think about it this way: like you started off right as a paralegal, and then from there you jumped into real estate, and then from there you jumped into owning yachts, and then from there decided to create Ken Kenhiba, which is a premium Delta Eight cigar that is 100% organically grown flour, reusable glass tip, 0.3% THC, 100% hemp paper, 3.2 grams of flour. This was not just thrown in a lab and was like, hey, let's just throw, throw no, shit on the wall and make it stick. Like you actually put some thought into this. Yeah, man. Because like the reason we abuse, like, first of all, if we knew how to use some of the things that we actually use, like for instance, marijuana, the way when we smoke a joint, you know, it's, that's actually more, more marijuana than you're supposed to be smoking. You're kind of abusing it at that point, smoking a whole joint, but you enjoy the, the networking. You enjoy the, you know, just the whole smoking aspect. You enjoy social, that. The social so, environment of it. The social environment of it. So you end up overindulging accidentally. So I said, you know, how about if I were to, you know, take down the level of THC? So that's why the 0.3% THC usually, and not many people know, but the THC that we smoke now is in the 15, 17, even 21% THC. That's high. That's like smoke. That's like drinking Everclear, bro. Like that's drinking like, <laughs> like that's like drinking like that's a that's a high amount of psychosis, and it's. And it and if when people are not able to like, if you overindulge on that, instead of it giving you less anxiety like it's supposed to do, it actually makes you more anxious and gives you more anxiety. So I started to really look into the uses of CBD and what it's for, and it really does help, bro. Like one day I was smoking, you know, my sample, and you know I play basketball, so I was walking when I wake up in the morning, I walk down the steps to go have coffee with my wife and me being my age. And I don't want to say it again, cause you may <laughs> feel old, but walking, walking down the steps, like in the morning without stretching, I got to take one step at a time. Like, you know, cause my knees, I play ball. So one morning I'm walking down the steps and I'm actually just like a kid, just running down in the morning. She's like, yeah, babe, you must feel good today. I was like, Oh shit. I didn't even notice. I was like, yo, that must have been that Kenhiba. Like, no joke, no, like, not a joke, because they did say that it's supposed to relieve joint soreness and mm -hmm. muscle relaxation. And I'm like, so there really is a medicinal benefit to, to, to weed. Like, I mean, of course, if it's not abused. So that's why it really became something that I'm starting, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm targeting, you know, golfers, I'm targeting sports medicine. And that's a huge market in itself. Like, you know, it's starting to become a little less frowned upon in like the NFL and the NBA. So I figured once it comes around, you know, it'll instead of, you know, using opioids and other, you know, prescribed, you know, uh, drugs that may do so much more harm than you, this comes from the earth and use the correct way. It could be helpful. And that's why I did Cohiba. So yeah, 3.2 grams. The reason why it's 3.2 grams is because that's about an eighth. The cost of it is $35 per cigar. So you're paying about a dollar per point of a gram. So I kind of did it off like that, 35. So I would have fit a whole eighth into the cigar, but it didn't fit. 
So I got about three, and I'm very honest about this, about 3.2 grams into the cigar. And it burns for about 90 minutes. So when you're smoking a cigar, you know, you, you can still be sociable. It doesn't burn as fast as a regular, you know, a, a joint or a blunt, which lasts about 15, 20 minutes. And you light up another one just to stay social. And now you're really high and the whole day is gone. This has a glass tip, so it doesn't turn your lips black. It's, you know, it can be reused. So it's definitely, you know, leaves a small carbon footprint on the world. It's all hemp. So even the wrap is hemp. So it's, you know, it's the healthy alternative to cigars. So I feel like I, you can find out that little niche that kind of helps everybody, you know, or makes life easier. That's where you get rich, like, you know, stuff like that. So I combined, you know, when you can combine electricity with the horse and carriage and made the car and now life <laughs> is easier. So that same thing, I combine, you know, like health and medicine and, you know, drugs and social, like the whole social thing. And I kind of got my little niche, man. So it's working. So I appreciate, you know, you even letting me have an opportunity to talk about it. I think, yeah, no. I, I, I got to send you somebody. You haven't even tried it yet. No, uh, I have not. Yeah, definitely. I, oh, I yeah. I would have loved it, man. I could have chatted with you on this while right. people, uh, <laughs> smoking, the, smoking the stogie right there. That would have been great. But you know what? I loved what you said, though. You said you said something powerful. I thought when you were saying, pretty much you were saying portion control. Like everybody with with marijuana, you're right. They, it, It's like, let's just get fucked up stoned. Everybody with alcohol, let's just get shit face drunk. Everybody with, with, you know, the pill epidemic, same thing. It's just like, let's just go there and do that. Where you actually made this for the, like, you smoke it, you're good. You're not going to be, you're not going to be stoned. You're not going to be high. You're going to be relaxed and you're going to be able to function throughout your day. It's very fun. It's for the functional, it's for the functional, the socialite, the the, the person that needs to still do shit throughout the day. And then you wanted to still, you know, like, like most people enjoy you know, being a little nice. And it, it definitely solves the cravings. So anyone who's ever tried it was like, yo, bro, I think I'm going to stop smoking regular weed. Like, I swear, everyone gives me these reviews. Like, if you check out my reviews, there's rave reviews. I think all I need is a little bit more time. It's not anything else. I'm doing the great advertising. Just think it needs to you know, get into the right hands and it's out of here, man. It's, I, I, and I think it's such a, it's a green rush right now. It's like the old gold rush. So like marijuana is finally, the stigmatism is being taken away of it being, you know, stoners and, you know, people are starting to admit that they actually smoke, you know, because it's become recreational in a lot of states. So I think it's a huge opportunity. Of course, you know, money is definitely, you know, one of the reasons why I do it just so I can have my freedom, you know, you need money to be free. So that's why I'm definitely doing it. But I do make sure whatever I'm working on, I actually enjoy. I'm not going to sell it if I wouldn't use it. I'm the biggest user of my own product. Like I, when it comes to the boats, I hang out on my boats like myself. I hang out. I, so I don't, me renting it out, taking somebody out on a tour. I'm, I probably would have done that for free anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like selling houses, you know, I love looking at HGTV, watching them sell houses. So I'm, look, I'm at an appraisal right now. Like you can't see the appraisers behind me, you know, appraisal. I'm at a, this is a $1.3 million property in Brooklyn. I just sold it on my car, relaxing and 
talking to you, man. This is, I've been monetizing my life. I'm literally, you know, figuring out how to have fun and make money. I think that is the goal, man. Like doing what you love and getting paid to do it. So what you're doing, bro, like is, is remarkable. I'm happy that you found this. And I mean, I know you're going to be successful in whatever you do, but this is it. Like I, you need to, can't wait to see you on, you know, CNN, like having your own segment. Oh, dude, that is yeah, that is the best cop. That is, I mean, look at that. I love that. I mean, man, that's my goal, man, is just to just be on here and just just talk truth right there. Because I think with you, the cool thing right now is what if everybody hears, he's out there right now. I'm, I'm looking at him. We're doing this via Zoom, and he's he's out on an appraisal right now, sitting in his badass S class Mercedes, just chilling. And uh, oh yeah, I'm giving you some love right there. And he's having fun just chatting with his boy, you know, and trying trying to spread some love and some knowledge. So you brought up earlier about your two beautiful daughters. Uh, you are, I mean, I know I'd be on social media watching. I mean, your daughter, there's always a so book. Sorry. Yeah, no, but, you're, you're, but your daughter that always reads a book. There's always one of your kids that always has a book in her hand. And then you have the younger one who, I mean, nine times out of 10, the younger ones are always a little, a little bit more wild than the, than the other one. So, uh, so talk to me about, are they the motivation for you? Are they the reason why you're doing what you're doing? 100%, bro. Like, I, you know, I don't want to frown upon, you know, traditional schooling and traditional ways that we were, you know, we've all grew up because I, I went to high school, I went to college, but that's not the only way. You know, I actually decided about two years ago, a year and a half ago, to homeschool my kids. I really wanted to do that from, and then COVID happened. So it actually gave me an opportunity to really do so. I, you know, I own a condominium and a few properties over where I own a condominium in Florida. So I was able to you know, homeschool my kid in Florida. That seems to be like a normal thing. I would like her to not have to unlearn so much stuff. Like when we got out of high school, how many things like taught you to, you know, have to go work for somebody else and do something that you didn't like every day just to make ends meet? We didn't have to be programmed like that. So I decided to change that. And I don't want my daughter to be programmed to hate life, like hate living, hate, you know, coming an adult, like as an adult, like that's, it should both be get more fun. When we were kids, we're like, I can't wait to get older so I can do anything I want. But then when you got older, you had to go to work every day and you hated it. That's not going to be the same life my daughter. She's going to be able to enjoy life, not just because of what her dad does, but she's already monetizing her childhood now. Like she, she loves graphic design. So I got her some graphic design classes, got her singing lessons, got her, you know, drawing lessons. And she's now making NFTs. She's a streamer. She makes, she, she's actually no joke. She just gave my wife um, an account that makes about $1,500 a month, like from her YouTube. So she's paying bills and she's 14. Like she wow. gives her my wife, like, and it's growing every month. Last month it was like a thousand. This month it was 15. And she just grew like, and she's not doing anything besides being a kid and she's monetizing it. So like, I figured, you know, by the time she hits 18, like she already knows what she's 
she wants to go to Japan. She wants to travel. She'll be able to afford on her own. She's not going to need to get married to have, you know, the life of her dream. She can take care of herself. And when she meets that partner of hers, then she's going to be able to contribute and be happy and not stressed out. I just feel like the way we're taught to just be cookie cutter people, you know, to stay in line and you have to do this and you can't do this or do that or you're going to be unsuccessful. I just made sure that that wasn't the way my children are going to be raised. I don't have a television in my house. Like, you know, we have a library, you know, so they, so that's why you always see a book because they don't know otherwise. Like they don't know anything else. They just know, you know, books. And I bought, you know, just like you and I both have a pool. So we go outside to our pool, we hang out. We, you know, I make sure I take off Saturday. I shut my phone off and I hang out with them all the time, do something new. Like that, that's, you know, I feel like we, we, our childhood is kind of our best time in life. And it, I don't think that should be the case. Like, bro, I'm an adult. I could do anything I want now. Right. So when she gets to my age or even 18, she's going to be good. Run, run your dad's businesses, you know, your own businesses, travel the world, live your life. I love that. All brother. Pro- it's all programming. So yes, it is all for them. It is all for them. But what I love what you said though, and you called it out was the whole limitations and programming, because I agree with you. It's like, we're taught at a young age that you go to school and then you graduate and then you go get a loan and then you go get this loan for this four-year education. And then you get that job to pay off that loan for that four-year education that we didn't even go to school to get. And then there you go. And then happily ever after working till you're 80 years old and then get social security. And then you call yourself a day. Like, and the fact that you're, you're on top of that. And I'm, I'm with you, bro. I, I want my, I, I tell this to my wife all the time. Like I want my kids to live the life that, that they truly, truly want to live. And, you know, and, and that's just what it comes down to. And, and the fact that you're doing that, you know, as I said, the fact you don't have a TV in your house where like, and this is the day and the age of the streaming and you have all, you know, and you're just like, hey, you know what, like, let's just education first. They can figure all that after, dude. That's, that's admirable, man. Very, very admirable. I appreciate it, man. We talk about, you know, business. I teach her real estate. She knows what real estate is. She knows appreciation. She knows what we spoke about, what a FICO score is, even though I hate that whole system, but she knows about it. She knows credit. She has an American Express since she was 12. You know, she's I'm sure she has a better credit score than I, I she's <laughs> never, I mean, she can go to college. She could go to college if she likes, but you know, Whatever she decides, like when she said when she graduates high school, which now she can graduate much sooner because she goes to school all year round because it's from home. She just has to turn in her assignment. She gets an assignment, turns it in so she can graduate like light years earlier, you know, then she can start living life, man. Like, yeah, these things are things options that I wish that we knew about. These are always options, but they were kept to the you know the the people who could afford it the top one percent and it was the top one percent chris bro like i i know that if i my mom would have known these things were available to me she probably would have chose other things but you don't know what you don't know so i'm teaching my daughter everything that i know now like everything that i know early so when she runs into it that's so she you know she for instance a lot of kids get into drugs 
and get into marijuana and alcohol and all these things in college and high school because they were hidden from it as children. You know, my daughter knows I have a marijuana business right now. She understands how, you know, things in moderation are okay, things that you control and, you know, and there's an age and there's a time for everything. So like, I don't hide her from anything. Like I don't hide her from, you know, like overspending. I definitely love, as you can see, I love my cars. I love, you know, nice things. And she knows how to budget. She, like, it's, it's so crazy. Like she has, she's like, mom, you can keep this account. This is going to be the account that I'm going to keep for myself. You know, when I buy things on my own. And I'm like, wow. Like I did, And again, these are things that I didn't really, after setting the standard, she's learning on her own. She amazes me every day. Like she, bro, she has this anonymous um, like YouTube page where she gives these concerts. She created this little character that when she comes on the screen, the character kind of mimics what she's doing. But, and she's singing. Yeah, it's great. She sings in Japanese. Like just nuts, bro. Like I'm like, what? Like I didn't teach her Japanese. She doesn't go to school. She learns it on her own. She's bro. I'm like, you know how to speak Japanese? She said, I'm learning it. I can sing in Japanese, but I I'm learning it. I'm like, what? So yeah, man. You just take the. If you take, I was listening to Steve Harvey the other day. What he said is, a, a flea has a 35 inch vertical. From like that's just a flea. So fleas jump very high. So if you put a flea inside a mayonnaise jar and you put a top on it, it's only going to jump as high as the top of the jar because after a while it's going to stop wanting to bump its head when it hits the top. So all the other fleas around it are going to do the same thing. And then the children of those fleas are only going to jump but so high they're not going to ever reach the peak of that 35-inch vertical because all they see is what you know their parents have done, what everybody else around. So you take that child out of that institutionalization of school and you have to get this grade. And some kids are not good at math. Some kids are not great at like language arts, like, but you're going to make them feel like a failure because they're not great at this, but they excel in something else. No, I'm never going to put comparison is the theft of joy. Yes. And that's what I think they do. And she doesn't compare herself to anyone. She loves everything, like both of them. And they don't know anything besides, you know, pissing each other off. Like my daughters. Other than that, that's it, man. So oh, take that, take that mayonnaise jar cap off. That's oh, dude, it. that analogy is on the money. You're right. It's just, it's. I guess the analogy is they're only as high as their environment lets them, and and that's just it. And then you're you're right there removing the cap and letting them jump as high as they possibly could. Even if your vertical is a 35 inch, you're hoping she's 37. Like let her let her just go out there. Making sure at minimum it's mine. Yes. At minimum it's as high as I can jump. You know what I mean? So like you know that's all I want her to be better than myself. You know again we don't compare. But I just want her to, you know, push, make her children's life that much easier. And then so on and so on. That's it. And bring joy to every, everybody who meets you should feel like you're a blessing to meeting them. Like, oh, man, it was so great that I spoke to Chris. Oh, man, it was so great that I spoke to Zoe or Zuri. Like, that's what it is. It's about, you know, karmic energy. Very big on that. You know what I'm saying? I remember since a child, like, you, like, I never really ate meat. 
and all that. I remember I, I was like, yo, bro, what the hell? Are yeah, you, you used to like? give me shit, guys. So in oh. high school, Chris used to give me shit for being a vegetarian. Hey, he would be like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? What the hell? Look, 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 look this burger's delicious, man. That styrofoam flavored freaking burger from school tastes good. Yeah, what's up, punk? <laughs> yo, bro, I deserve all of that. Because that's what I give people now. They're like, what the hell do you eat? And I'm like, yo, bro, it's true, man. Like, you know, what you put into your body, what you put into your mind, what you put into your body, whether it be ingestion or through listening or watching, it's very important because you're a product of your environment. So I make sure I eat very well. My kids, you know, also vegan, vegetarian. Like, I went to the you know, try my hardest not to but at the same time you know it, it's a it's an energy thing for me like you know i believe the, now i know the world all works on energy it's about how you treat something that's gonna come right back to you because it's and i see it so much quicker now like if i ever cut somebody off on the road i'm already expecting somebody's gonna cut me off in a second so oh, yeah when you know i just watch what i that, that's just how it goes. I mean, if you don't know that by now, I don't know what the hell you're doing. But, no, I, yeah, yeah, man. So I, I was saying uh, an example I had, Chris, was I was in Austin, Texas, and I <laughs> found AirPods and in, in the security, and nobody wanted to like claim these AirPods. So I walked up to the gate, laid to the ticket lady, and she ended up making an announcement. The person ended up getting their AirPods, right? I walked mm-hmm. to my gate. Hey, Mr. Assad, you just got upgraded at first class. I'm like, yo, that's how it works, bro. <laughs> that's how it works. I remember one day there was, I think I was, te- it's a test. These tests come to you all the time. Like where me and my wife are in the back of a, a, a Uber or a cab. I don't think Uber was out then, but we we're in the back of a cab and we got an iPhone and we're like, oh my, at first, the first thing you think, oh, iPhone. Oh, oh, it got a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? But immediately i'm like nah we got to give this back like how would this, this person probably going nuts so like i answered the phone instead of most people shut it off and go to the next place to unlock it no i was like all right where are you bro you're like oh i'll give you a hundred dollars i'm like no don't worry just meet me i'm here right now we're at this hotel pull up pulled up gave him his then i lost my phone i got my phone back and now no joke i swear i wish my wife was here I still am very careless. I lose my wallet at least once every two or three years. But I can literally, when I lose my wallet, I literally wait home until somebody drops it off. Because I know it's coming back. Oh, like, I awesome. know it. I, yo, bro, I swear to anything I've ever loved, every time I lose my wallet, somebody brings it back to me. Because that's exactly what I want them. And once I started realizing that that's how the world worked, I'm like, why aren't we taught that in school? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, you know, like, oh, finders keepers, losers weepers, or, you know, <laughs> bro, this, like, that, con- <laughs> bro, right? You remember, like, yo, y'all, I just found a dollar. I mean, like, no. like, no, bro, like, that's not how it works. Energy is is in everything that you do and how you move, how you operate. And yeah, man, like you're giving this out to the world, like you're giving encouragement, you're teaching. I remember you you taught me like how to, you know, to teach people how to have my own business. And I did a class. I remember when I did the Live Large EDU, yeah. half of my half of the students, when you taught me what you taught me, half of the students that I taught now work for me. Like, 
you know what I mean? They are, they're like, yo, I would never go to any other place because of the knowledge that you gave me. So you just giving me that little bit of knowledge and I passed it on and they're now making money for their family. So you've made, you yourself are definitely responsible for changing a lot of lives, bro. Like I have like at least three agents on my team that now have quit their careers or into real estate and feeling happier and thanking me every day. But in all honesty, it was because of you that told me, yo, you need to be teaching this class. And you kind of formulated me, you know, gave me the formula of how to teach a class. And bro, like, I thank you. I love you, brother. I appreciate everything you've done and could keep doing this. I can't wait. Like I said, to turn on what I I'll probably turn it on on my phone because I don't have a television, but I'll probably see you on something, giving an interview to somebody else. Elon Musk or something. Oh, bro. I love you too, you know? brother. And the thing that, you know, what you're saying is I always say is that you will never go broke giving, man. And the, the biggest thing that I think, you know, the listeners getting out of this podcast is number one, you're self-made and you've hustled. You've been through some stuff and here you are just creating, creating, creating for you and your family and for your employees. So Chris, I want to thank you, brother, for taking time out of your crazy, busy day with all your, as I said, serial entrepreneur, but please let everybody know, and I'm going to put it in the show notes when this airs, but how can we all get a, get to see Chris Lee's journey? Oh, well, listen, my page is my Instagram handle, Twitter handle is C Lee, C-E-E-L-E-E underscore is underscore moving keys. So that is my real estate company. Like that's my bread and butter. Moving Keys is my company. So I also have another, my page for my real estate company. My brokerage is Moving Keys Realty. So it's Moving Keys and it's with the Z, Keys with the Z, Moving Keys. You can, I know I have a few, but you can also catch me at Canheba, C-A-N-N-H-I-B-A, just like Cohiba, but the cannabis version so Kenneba and Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club all all the words are separated by an underscore so Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club and those are I have a few other businesses I'm sure you know but <laughs> those are my babies right now I think we spoke about that how I had to focus I'm a space cadet when it comes to ideas that I love I kind of put a little time behind them but you know you got to focus so I focused on the things that you know make me happy and you know, kind of all went together, you know, real estate, you know, boating and cigars, that kind of like luxury lifestyle. That's what I love. So those are my three babies. Awesome. So moving key, Ken Heba and Brooklyn Cove Yacht Club. You can find me there. Definitely mention Amar's name, his podcast, and I'll definitely give you a discount. Oh, look at that. I got my own promo code, guys. I made it. I made it. <laughs> no, and we'll, and what I'll do is we'll make sure we'll put, as I said, we'll put it on the show notes so, to make sure everything's all accurate. So we'll, I'll get that from Chris. Chris, Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much, brother, for your time. I love you, fam. I'm just, you love know, our you brotherhood too, goes over 20 plus years and to watch, watch his journey has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, that, thank you, and that is that fam. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Share this with your family, friends, and tribes. And remember, why not you? Why not now? Hope you all have an amazing, amazing day.